Nothing can fluster a Royal Academy of Dance teacher. Delayed flights, lost luggage, one of the world's most intimidating ballet competitions, none of it will phase an RAD ballet teacher. Dance teachers are basically the Marine Corps of the ballet world. I'm David Jays, and I'm about to speak to Anna Maria Campos on Why Dance Matters, the Royal Academy of Dance podcast. Anna is an RAD teacher from Brazil, but she's speaking from a theatre in Lausanne in Switzerland, where she's brought some of her students to compete in the super prestigious Prix de Lausanne. The journey was not without its problems, and finding a spot in the theatre where the Wi-Fi is sweet is also proving tricky. But as I said, there's not a trace of fluster. I suspect it would take a lot to ruffle Anna. Although she grew up and is currently based in Brazil, Anna has travelled a lot. Dance and dance teaching are wonderfully portable skills. She's also an RAD examiner, which means she visits dance schools all over the world to see students at this most exciting and anxious moment. How does she calm the nerves of young strangers and help them give their best? And surely, someone who has dedicated their career to dance and helping others to dance will be able to tell us, why does dance matter? Let's ask her while the Wi-Fi holds out. Anna, it is lovely to speak to you. And I think we should say, because it's quite exciting, that we're speaking with you in Lausanne because you're there for the Prix de Lausanne. That's right. It's a pleasure to be talking to you as well. I am at the Prix de Lausanne. Today is registration day. So we just arrived and had registration this morning and we're waiting for the first class to begin. Oh, wow. Oh, right at the beginning of that journey. Excellent. RAD teachers and people who follow the RAD will be familiar with the Fontaine International Ballet Competition that used to be the Genet, which has this reputation for being a, a quite a friendly competition, a lot of coaching, a lot of teaching. What's the atmosphere like at the Prix de Lausanne? I think it's very similar. I think it's a very supportive competition and I think they do their best to make all the candidates feel very welcome and make sure that they're well taken care of and they have some lovely people that do their classes and the coaching. I think it's a similar setup for students who hope and have hopes and dreams to go into a professional life and, you know, are from ages 15 up to 19. It's lovely to see them at this point in their career, see what they are aspiring to achieve and see some beautiful talent. And how many students have you brought with you this time? I have two girls from one of the schools that I work with and also a 15-year-old Brazilian boy whom I helped the teacher with the video. So there is 
altogether five Brazilian students, but three that I've had contact with, two that I teach regularly. And what is it like being a teacher at a competition like this when, in a way, your work is done and there's not much you can do? How is that quite tense? I don't think so. I think as a teacher in any competition, I think you do all you can before you come, right? You've done your coaching and your classes and all the preparation. And I think once they get to a competition, be any kind of competition, it's then a chance for them to show what they can do, for them to enjoy themselves. And I think very much like the Fontaine, the Prix de Lausanne is the same. Once you get here, they will get their classes, they'll get their coaching. And I think for them, it's a learning experience to work with other voices and to be able to take in the advice and all the expertise from these different teachers and coaches. And I think it's lovely to see them grow and develop during this process. Very much so you come almost as moral support and a little bit of, you know, help for them to feel comfortable being here. But mostly your work finishes when the competition starts. Oh, well, so you can enjoy it as well as willing them on to do well. Oh, for sure. Not only enjoy, but also to learn. I think it's an opportunity for you to do some networking, to talk and to be with teachers that sometimes you only see in these kinds of events. And also to take in how your process with that student, how effective you were and learn from the work of other teachers and see what's happening in our dance scene all over the world. Right. So I think it's it's lovely to be here, really. Anna, let's go back to the beginning of your dance journey. How did that start? Were you a tiny dancing girl? Yes, in a way. My parents are pianists, concert pianists. So I guess I came from a household, a very artistic household. I wanted to dance as a little girl. So my mom took me to dance age four and I took dancing for a while. And then I started really when I was seven. And I danced in Sao Paulo. I'm from Brazil and I danced in Sao Paulo from age seven until I was 17. And then I went to the College of the Royal Academy of Dance and did my teacher training course. After I finished at the RAG, I um, then worked in Spain and in Canada. And I'm been back to Brazil now for the past almost 11 years now. Even though I am Brazilian, I spent most of my life away from Brazil. <laughs> but it's been good to be home for this past while. I, I've seen a side of Brazil that I guess I didn't really because I left as a teenager and I went back much later after I'd had a chance to work professionally in many countries. And there is so much talent there. So it's been a, a lovely experience to be back. What's it like coming back to a country after a time away? The last few years, as we know, have been quite turbulent political ones for Brazil. Do you see the country with a different eye when you've been away and then return? Oh, I think so. I think because of the phase of my life that I left. I left as a teenager, obviously. Going back to Brazil, even though I am Brazilian, it was almost no longer a country that I had so much involvement with because I hadn't been living there for over 20 years. 
And right. then we've lived through a complicated period, not only politically, but with the pandemic. And for me, it was interesting to have to adjust to living close to your family again and adjust to a different way of living. It certainly has had its lovely moments and moments that have been challenging. But I think for someone like me that I'm almost a little bit of a foreigner everywhere that I am because I'm used to being in a different country and adapting. It has its difficult moments, but it has lovely moments. You mentioned that, of course, you've traveled and lived in, in many different places. People do talk about dance being a universal language. Do you find that if you're in a studio with dancers you've never met before in a country you may never have been to before or talking to teachers from another country? Is there a sort of shared language that you all have in common? That is something that connects us all, right? I'm also an examiner and a tutor for the RAG, so I travel quite a bit. And I also, uh, apart from all the work that I do through the RAG, I work in many other schools that are not necessarily connected to the RAG. So I have lots of friends in different countries and places that I go to do short courses or coaching or sometimes summer schools, winter schools. I've had lots of opportunities that have made me believe really that our language is very much universal in the sense that I've watched classes in Russia and watched classes in the States and have been to places in Europe and also places in Asia, even though we have different traditions and a different way of thinking in certain things, there is certain a common language between all of us. Once you get to the studio and when you work with students, their willingness to learn and their fascination, I think, with everything to do with developing from our point of view as teachers, helping students, assisting them in their discovery and in their development, in their improvement. I think that is very much universal. And sometimes to see how a student discovers themselves in the most unlikely situation. You know, sometimes you take someone to the Bolshoi competition and in having a class with a Russian teacher who they don't understand a word they're saying, you can see that they've finally found a way to do a pirouette a little better or to look at a style at a variation with a coaching session with someone that they'd never met before with a translator. Sometimes all of those things are, are magical, right? Magical moments. That's extraordinary. That Just that sense that you're in a different situation and with a different pair of eyes on you can help unlock something. For sure. From your perspective, sometimes you touch a student in a way, or sometimes when we travel in situations such as this, we are together with another five, six teachers with five, six candidates from different places. And you end up seeing that they make friendships and they learn from each other and they support each other. So there's all of that side as well that is good to see. And it's interesting from a teaching perspective for you to open your eyes a little bit to what the environment gives to them and sometimes the advice of a different teacher or a different coach. All of that is rewarding for us to see when you are away. And what was it that unlocked your desire to teach? As you said, you were 17 when you started training with the RAD. Very much from an early age, I, I loved ballet and it was my life from the time I was 11, 12, 13. 
But I knew that I was not going to have a career in dance. I didn't have necessarily all the physical abilities to have a career. And I had a choice to make when I finished school, whether I'd go to university. I would have loved to carry on in the arts and have been able to work with dance, which was my passion at that stage and still is. So I guess my parents at that time looked for some advice of what training I could get, where I could go to train to become a teacher. And my teacher told them about the REG College and I auditioned and I got in. And I also got a scholarship from a Brazilian organization that supports training through the arts. That's how come I was able to go to London and do my teacher training course. And from then on, I carried on working with Ness. I don't know if it was a true calling, but um, (laughs) I started assisting at my teacher's school when I was 14. So by that stage, I'd been helping with younger students' classes for a better part of three years. It was something that I really enjoyed doing. So when I was looking at maybe being able to have a profession in dance It was one of the things that I thought I might enjoy doing. I'm not sure that age 17, you really know that teaching is going to be your life. But I think like all professions is something that you, you think, well, maybe that's going to be for me. I really discovered that I very much enjoyed it. I had an amazing time. I discovered many things. I learned many things. I was able to experience a different world learn from all the all the people around me and also from my peers and the other students in my course and in the different years with me and it has truly been a journey that has taken me to different countries to many places i am nothing but lucky to be able to <laughs> do what i do and yeah. to be able to live a life that i think many would think is a dream. And it is in many ways. I live in many universes. I live in a universe of (laughs) students who, who pursue dance as a profession. But I also work with many students who do dance as a hobby, students that do dance as part of their education as a whole, students who might, in Brazil especially, be part of social projects. And dance sometimes is something that gives them an insight into a world that is completely different than what they live in their day-to-day life. So I consider myself very lucky to work in something I love and to be able to help many people and also to learn from other professionals and people who are in the same area as me and sometimes not in the same area, but connected musicians and physiotherapists and people who do general other kinds of training with the students. It enriches everything that you know, and it also creates an awareness of how big the dance world is in connection to many other facets. Absolutely. It is a network that really stretches out. And even if you don't take that dance training into a professional career, it can still assist and influence the other things you go on to do. You teach students, as you were saying, all kinds of 
different levels, different sorts of aspirations and experience. But it must be lovely, especially with young people, to see them grow, to see them develop as people as well as as dancers during the time that you're working with them. For sure. And I very much enjoy working with little ones. I, I love teaching pre-primaries and primaries. I think there's a freshness about them and there is an innocence and there is a sense of wonder that I very much enjoy. And I think when you work with professional students, that balance is always very interesting for you as a teacher. I think it keeps me honest. The sides that I enjoy with working with students sometimes is very much how they are as children, how they are as teenagers and to see them mature. Sometimes it's a long process and sometimes you accompany them for a few years in their life. And sometimes it's during a short period of 10 days, two weeks, sometimes even a coaching session. And to see how they take that in and to see how, depending on their personality, they deal with what you're telling them and to see how they deal with the frustrations of being able to improve on something or sometimes the frustration of not being able to get that and put it into their body straight away. I very much enjoyed the human aspect of person to person or human being to human being. So that is, it's something that is very interesting to me, more on a personal level than even as a profession. From a professional point of view, I think it's dealing with people and the fact that we have a profession that is never the same from day to day, is never the same from student to student. And even when you work with the same student, it's never the same from day to day. One day they might feel a different way than the other or deal with things a different way. So I think that is part of what keeps the profession very fresh to me. And there's a whole other strand of your work with the RAD that we haven't yet touched on, which is as an examiner. As you say, you travel all over the world in that capacity as well. How do you find that? How is it to turn up and see a class of students you've never met before and to try and give them a fair but accurate assessment? As a tutor, when you travel as a tutor, that is very different because you talk to teachers and you are able to connect at a different level. As an examiner, I think what I try, and I hope I am successful, is to try to be as fair as possible, but also make that experience a good experience for that student. To try to be pleasant and neutral and allow them to do their best, take in everything that they can give to you back into that time that are in front of you in the sense that to allow them to dance their best, to let them do what they were prepared to do and help them through if they need to with nerves and to be encouraging. And I also think it's very, very interesting to be able to be part of a different environment, a different country, and to know that that preparation was something that they have worked very hard to be there in front of you as a student in an exam and to know that it's a process that it's more important to them as students than necessarily that, you know, 45 minutes they might be in front of you or that hour that they might be in front of you, but that is the result of a process that took them to that moment, right? 
it's a work I enjoy. I think it's very different work than being a teacher. It's very different work than our reality as a dance teacher. But I also think it's very important. It's no different than being an adjudicator or a jury member in a competition. You can only create an environment for that dancer to show you the best that they can. And I know as a member of an audience that there are dancers who step on stage and immediately your eye is drawn to them. Immediately, they, there's something about them that strikes you. Do you get those same reactions as an examiner? Oh, I think it's different. I think as an audience member, you sit there and you watch and maybe someone appeals to you more than someone else. As an examiner, you try to assess each individual in the fairest possible way and look for the good that everyone can bring you. Look for what they can show, the care in the way that they present themselves and give the fairest assessment. Sometimes someone is outgoing and bubbly and a real performer and someone might be a little shyer and a little quieter but there might be magic in their dancing in the same way. It's slightly different. I think it's you look at them with different eyes when you're examining. I think you look to give everyone a chance to shine in their own particular way, right? I think it's, it's a little bit different than going to a performance. But maybe even in a performance, you will have the kind of dancing that appeals to you. And, but it doesn't mean that someone else might not touch you just the same way, right? Yes. I love that idea that even in the relatively short time of an exam, you get to see different aspects of a dancer, get to see someone who might have seemed quite reserved start to shine. That must be a really lovely feeling. For sure. And I think sometimes when they relax, it's difficult for some people. It's difficult to start an exam. And once they feel more comfortable in that environment, and they can begin to open up a little bit. Or sometimes it's an exercise. I mean, someone who might not be very confident at the bar comes into the center and maybe their leg row is very strong, or maybe they feel more at ease when they have, they're doing their dance. Everyone has that little moment that they feel it's something that they do better or something that they feel more prepared with a section of the exam or a particular section of class. And sometimes you have moments that you don't expect. Someone comes in quite nervous or quite anxious. And as the exam develops, you can see them relaxing and them being able to show something that is quite surprising. So you see lovely moments and they're quite unexpected. And as you said, you've travelled to so many places with the RAD, whether as a tutor or as an examiner or to competitions. You must have met so many of your fellow RAD teachers. What is the thread that connects you? What is the attitude of an RAD teacher that is unique? I've met some lovely people and I've met people that have made me very proud to be in the profession that I am. And I think what connects us all is 
an attention to detail, a concern that we all are worried about doing the very best we can for our students, an interesting knowing where we can improve and how we can do better, and maybe also that interest in discussing things and learning further things and knowing how we can better help our students or what things we can do to make that exam preparation better or what things we can do to improve our teaching in general. And that concern that sometimes a person comes with a question and says, you know, is this the best way I could have presented that? Do you have any suggestions? Sometimes in teachers' courses as well, discussing things they've had difficulty with, or sometimes even in teachers' coursing, sharing. One teacher saying, well, how do you deal with this? And someone else saying, well, in my experience, I do it this way. And the richness that there is in so many people being able to connect and learning from each other's experience, learning from each other's expertise. I think that is something that for me is very, very important and very rewarding. And Anna, you're living again in Brazil now. Do you think there's another big migration to come or is this now at home? No, I think there's, to be quite honest, I'm, I think I am in Brazil for a time. I don't imagine I'm going to be in Brazil for very much longer. I truly enjoy being home. It's not where I see myself in a few years' time. But I also think that I trust that things that are meant to be in your past, they will find their way to you. I love my country and I enjoy being there, but it's not why I envision myself working in a few years. But you never know where life's going to take you, right? I think you, you have to enjoy the moment that you're at. And then see where opportunities might arise and where you are going to be happy. I adapt easily and I, I look for new experiences and places that I feel that I can be of service, that places that I think that I can help people and also have a way to make my work make a difference. I do have the sense that you could be dropped on pretty much any part of the globe. You'd look around. Within a, a couple of days, there'd be a dance school. You'd be ready to go. <laughs> yes, probably. I, I'd imagine so. And I think, <laughs> I think I'm very, very open-minded. And I think I try to look at dance as something that connects us rather than divides us. So I think we can always learn from different cultures, different way of looking into things. I was just talking to a teacher here at the Bridge of Lausanne this morning, someone that I've met many, many years ago at uh, Jackson International Competition. She's Russian. And I was saying to her this morning, I said, you know, if in this profession we learn that together we can learn so much from each other and we can do so much better for ourselves and for the students that we work with and be able to give people better experiences, it would be wonderful. So Anna, we've travelled the world with you. It's been a fantastic journey, but now it comes to an end. But only after I've asked this last question, which is, why does dance matter to you? 
it's what connects me to so many other people in my life. I see that dance matters because it brings so much to so many people from the student who at any age takes dance as one hour a week that transports them from their everyday life to a magical world to students who look into this as a profession and something that connects human being to human being in so many places and people from different backgrounds, from different countries, different languages. Dance matters because it's a universal language and it's a language that can bring us together as people and bring us together as artists and to enrich our lives in so many ways. Anna, it has been such a privilege, such a treat to speak with you. Thank you so much. Very best of luck in Lausanne. (laughs) Thank you again. A sparky and committed teacher crackles with energy, though Anna is also a wonderfully calming presence. I can imagine how being in her class would help you become the best dancer you can be. Do let us know about your own inspirational teachers. You'll find the RAD wherever you get your social media and all the details are in our show notes. Plus, how to find an RAD teacher near you. And we'd love it if you could subscribe and like and review the podcast. Tell us what you think. We can take it. So that we can find other people who might enjoy Why Dance Matters. Our guest today was Anna Maria Campos. Why Dance Matters is made by the RAD team of Neve Carey Furness and Katie Hagen. Our artwork is by Bex Glendinning. And nothing flusters our producer, Sarah Miles. I'm David Jays. Take care. See you soon. <laughs>